Amen. Can anybody hear me? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Maduka. Thank you. Alright then. It's better now, so we just go ahead. Amen. So the question is, the, the, the disciples of Jesus were going on a journey. Jesus had told them, let us go to the other side. And they were caught up in a storm. Jesus was, you know, tired from the day's work and he was asleep. <laughs> and, the, and, you know, they got into a storm in the middle of, of the sea. Actually, theologians call it the Sea of Galilee. So they were about in the middle of the sea when the storm began to rage. And as the storm was raging, they, you know, they tried their best to weather the storm and so on and so forth. And they were not able to deal with it. And of course, they were, they were in panic. They were scared. They were, <laughs> I'm sure many of them began to, you know, ask God for forgiveness. You know, they had already thought it was time to die. And then they turned to Jesus and says, Ah, Baba, don't you care that we perish? Carest not, I mean, the Shakespearean English, which is King James. They say, carest not that we perish, but... That was probably not how they said it. You know, it sounds very cool when you are reading it. You know, very subtle. Careest not that we perish. But they were panicking. If we're to contemporize what they were saying in colloquial English. <laughs> you know, they would have said something like, Baba, Baba, you don't happen, you don't happen, you don't finish, you don't finish, you don't finish. You don't send us, I mean, you don't reason us. <laughs> you know. And they were really scared and they were terrified. I have never been on a boat before in my life. Yes. I don't think I've ever... No, I think I've been on a canoe once. I'm not sure. But, but I know how, you know, seemingly unstable that vessel is. Now imagine a larger boat but then caught in the middle of the storm where your, your feet is not firmly planted to the ground and then, you know, so on and so forth. So they were really scared. Many of us Christians are in a situation just like this. God has clearly told you when you were in church, lifting up holy hands, worshiping, saying, come, Tola, come, Shewa, let's go to the other side. The other side could be, and I think I talked about this last week, the other side could be, you know, destiny, it could be purpose, it could be getting into a relationship, it could be getting married, it could be, you know, taking a course it could be you know you know it could be anything so i'm speaking figuratively in, into this context jesus has told you in your time of prayer he has told you 10 years ago come let us go to the other side and then after a while it seems like jesus fell asleep he was quiet he was silent in your life and then storms began to beat on your boat and the next thing you are saying is blaming jesus is that, is it that you don't care about me? Why did you even tell me to come to this journey? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? I remember there was a time in my life where I got an admission into IFE, OAU. But that was not the course I wanted to study. They gave me, I mean, microbiology. I wanted to be a builder. <laughs> okay, the majors here. We studied the same course. <laughs> right? And uh, so I, I, while, so I accepted the admission. I was already doing my first year in microbiology. So I went and I took another uh, jam in uh, <laughs> I was taking I was going to take another course in uh, I was going to take civil engineering in Federal University of Oye Ekiti so I went I wrote the exam when the, when the results came out and, I mean I studied I knew that the exam was I was like I was sure that ah 
the exam could not have been as tough as the first exam. Only for them to give me like 100. And you know how Ife can be? I was checking the result in a cyber cafe where our boys were. If you know anything about our boys in Ife, they can give, you can be depressed because of their comments. They're like, ah, see your score. Yeah, this is, I will never forget. They're like, ah, sure you will not study mortuary science. I'm not joking. <laughs> as small as that might seem, I know it's funny right now, then it was not funny. Because I got so angry at God. And that time, I just gotten saved. So I went to the school field. It was raining heavily. It was around this time. It was around July, yes. No, it was in May, you know. And it was raining heavily. I went to the school field. I know in physics, they tell you that um, the highest point on a, on a large surface area of land is most prone to lightning strikes. So that's why you find out sometimes when you find a tree standing in the middle of a very vast land, when there is a conventional rainfall, usually... Um, that tree is prone to lightning strikes. So I went to stand in the middle of the field. I said, God, you and I know physics. If it's short for you, if it's short for you, make this lightning strike. If it's short for you, you know, I was ready to fight with God. My, yeah, that was the dumbest thing I'd ever done in my Christian world. I was so mad at God. <laughs> and coupled with the fact that one babe just broke my heart. She now took my engineering math and traveled to the US. I was so, I will never forget. I know, I know her name, but I will not mention her name. I will, my life as it were had ended. I was so mad. I was so mad at God. And it was, it was, it wasn't funny. I prayed all night. People, people were hearing me outside, you know, far away, praying in tongues. They felt like, ah, oh my, this guy really loves God. They didn't know I was cursing God. I was like, God, if you show me them, boy, you will come down here. Let's fight. <laughs> And I was like, God, cares not that we perish. That's what I was saying. Many Christians like us, or like that, are asking the same question. That God, was it not you that told me to do this thing? Even the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 20, God had told him in Jeremiah chapter 1 through chapter 5, you know, told him about his ministry, told him, you know, he will have a great ministry, that, but he will face persecution. God even told Jeremiah that he will face persecution. When he goes to chapter 20, there's a common scripture we always quote in, in the Christian faith. You know, his word was hid in my heart as a fire shot up in my bones. If you read the context well, that scripture was written by a depressed prophet. Because they persecuted him, they threw him in jail, they were slapping him, they were beating him. And then he was like, God, I'm not going to make mention of you. In other words, he was saying to God, God, I quit. That's what he was saying. Pastors right now are leaving pulpits because they are tired. Businesses are shutting down. People are losing focus of their vision. People are tired. People are allowing themselves to be bullied by the devil. People are quitting every day. Every day people are quitting. People are drinking sniper, drinking poison, jumping off rivers, jumping off story buildings, being electrocuted, hanging themselves on ceiling fans, just doing all crazy things. Simply because... Simply because they believe God gave up on them. Look, that you cannot hear God's voice does not mean that he's not in the boat with you. Let me say that again. That you did not or that you cannot hear God's voice at this present time in your, in your troubles, in your storm, does not mean that God is not there in the boat with you. And so there are things to note. There are three things I want you to note tonight based on this scripture. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 40. Let me just jump all the way to verse 38 where it says, And he was in the... I'm reading from the King James Version, so pardon the Shakespearean English. And he was in the hinder part of the sheep, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. 
and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Three things I want us to note here. Number one, when the storm arose, when the storm became boisterous and perturbed and they were so, you know, they were thrown and tossed to and fro, everything they knew to do was unfruitful when the storms came. And I hope you know that these disciples, at least a handful of them, were fishermen. So they knew how to position a boat well in the midst of a storm. They knew how to paddle. They knew how to row. They knew, they knew how to set their sail in the direction in which the wind is blowing so that it takes them away from the storm. But everything they knew to do failed. There are many of us here. Some of you even have masters and even, you know, some of you are getting or even have PhD, PhD degrees. And then a storm comes and hits you in your life. All your skills on managing money. All your skills on budgeting. Everything just seemed not to work. You're in a relationship that looks like it's going top to top. All the books on relationship you have read, all the conferences you have gone to, seem not to provide the answer that you're looking for. Everything they knew to do failed. Which means, point two, that they had so much confidence in their ability to weather the storm that they saw no need for Jesus. Jesus was in the boat when, before the storm started. Jesus was in the boat when the storm started. They didn't call him before. They didn't gist with him. They didn't call him when the storm started. It was when the boat was falling apart, water was entering the boat, that's when they remembered that there was a Jesus. Many of us, we Christians, Jesus is our last resort. We waste money. We waste ideas. We waste energy. We waste resources before we remember to call on God. Could it be that most of the sufferings you are going through right now, you know, long suffering is a fruit of the Spirit, but there is needless suffering when you don't call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> Could it be that the needless sufferings, the restless hustles that we are going through is just because of the fact that we called on God last after calling on our own strength first and it failed? These disciples, they had done everything they knew how to do before they remember that Jesus was in the boat. And even when they called on him, it was not because they, they believed that he could actually calm the storm. They wanted him to come and participate in the restless hustles. In other words, there are many people who are angry with you because you are not worrying the way they are worrying. There are some people that is until you are showing worry, that's when they feel you are concerned about their issue. But you need somebody in your life who will tell you, Alaye, calm down. Peace be still. Let me show you that I am the one in charge. Many of you are dragging Jesus along. That I am God, come and hustle with me. Come and, come and, come and. So you are praying to God, but you are, but you are wanting to do his own will, your own way. That is what they were calling Jesus to come and do. To come and do his will our own way. In other words, they were, it, was, it, was, it was pretty much the same story in the book of Jonah. Because Jonah too was asleep. And the people who were ruining the boat came down to call him that come, come and call on your own God. It was the same thing. They wanted Jonah to come and do what they were doing so that the boat would be saved. They were throwing out half of their belongings, everything. 
And what did Jonah say? He said, throw me. He said, I know the answer. I'm the one. I'm the reason that this, I'm the reason for this storm. Throw me into the sea. Let me tell you something. The storm that is in your life, number one, did not take God by surprise. The storm that is in your life does not need to trouble your heart if you have Jesus on your inside. Poseidon is not the God of the sea, he's Jesus. And he proved it by saying, peace, be still. And what Jesus did, he didn't first talk to them. He first went to the storm to speak to the storm, saying, but do you not know? Do you not know that I am the God of the storm? Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. That was what, that's, what he, that's what he did. That's what he did. Look, until we learn to call on God first, we would continue to, to turn around. We will continue to go round and round about in, let me use the words of Patrick Obayagmo, in the aqua of political cross-currents. We will be subject to economical defeat. We will be subject to, to health defeat. We will be defeated in every area of our life until we learn to, God, to call God first, even if we think we know what to do. In other words, before you sign the contract, even if you have the money to pay for that house, ask God, God, is this the house you want me to live in? Before you send your children to, to a particular school and pay for their school fees, you ask God, God, is this the school? Because there are some storms in our lives that, that was not on our path of destiny. We were the ones that invited that storm into our life because we did not consult God first. So let's even say now you're in the storm, whether it was part of your destiny or you not part of your destiny or you were the one that caused that, be not cause it. That storm is right there right now. What are you going to do about it? And let me tell you, the third thing to note here was that after all was said and done, fear had set so much into their heart that they lost sight of the love of God. They screamed, do you not care that we perish? In other words, they believed somewhere in their hearts that God, Jesus Christ, did not love them. That God the Son did not love them. That ah, if you will love us, you will have been hearing our cry since now. You will have woken up. You will have joined us in this thing. You will have made sure we are saved, we are delivered, we are done. But you are just sleeping there. Do you even really care about us? We will know that you are sold out to God. But we, we are not ready to die. You have been talking of death since we are not ready to die. Can you come and help us? Many of us are talking to God like that. And I don't blame you because you are actually speaking from how much of Him you know. What King David said in Psalms 23, he says, Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, he says, There you are with me. In other words, King David recognized in the, in, in the deepest state of his dark moments, in the valley of the shadow of death, that number one, God was there and was able to save him because his rod and his staff served as comfort to his soul. My brothers, my sisters, my friends, if what I am saying here tonight does not bring comfort to your soul, then I have failed. Therefore, let me go on to say this. That regardless of what you are going through, as much as you call yourself a Christian, know this, that the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all, from it all. 
So that is hope for you. That no matter what you're going through right now, be rest assured that God is bringing you out of it. Say amen. And so the first thing to do when you are in a storm is not to complain. The first thing to do when you are in trouble is not to turn around and begin to search for resources of your own. No. The first thing to do is to set your eyes upon the Lord who is the author and the finisher of your faith. When you see God's love, he sees your faith. The disciples did not see the love of God and that was why their fear was made apparent to Jesus. But if you see that Jesus loves you in spite of what you're going through, he sees your faith. And when you see his love, you consider him gracious. You see his mercy. It is all in one package. It is all encompassing. If you don't see that, all that will be revealed in your heart that will be made plain and bare is fear. And let me tell you, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words that are not of God. Are you following what I'm saying here? Fear comes when we lose sense of our support structure. And let me tell you something, if you are, if you are conscious about Jesus, then you will know that you have all the support structure that you, that you need. Jesus is all the support structure that we need. Jesus said, I will build my church and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so if the gates of hell is prevailing against you, then it is because it is not Jesus that has been building your life. It is because we have been the one building our lives. The devil has no right over us if Jesus has been the one building our lives. Look at the disciples. When the storm came, they didn't turn to Jesus first. They turned to their strength. And the word of God is all you need because it has the greatest support structure that you, might, you can ever think of. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 and verse 1, it says you uphold all things by the word of his power. All you need is God to say something to you. All you need in, a pla- in your place of prayer, in your place of communion, in your place of worship is God's word. When he releases that word to you, regardless, even when everything seems about you to be cast down, you would know for a short, for, for shorty, you would know for sure that there is a lifting up because God has given you that assurance in your heart. And without hope, you cannot believe oh. Because hope is an image and you can only get that image by ruminating and meditating on God's word in the midst of pressure. It is when God shows you and you can see that he has shown you that this is the end of this thing and the end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. When you see that end, even in the midst of the storm, it is easy for you to believe. As you mean the disciples have remembered in the midst of that storm that Jesus has said, let us go to the other side, they would remain in faith. Because God's word does not fall to the ground. If God tells you, Bolu, I am taking you to this place in 10 years, even at the ninth year, when it does not look like this thing is going to come together, remember that he said, let us go to the 10th year. In other words, regardless of what is happening in your life, God's word will not fail. Kosibo 
Buba shulua lowi in other words no matter how hard it is no matter even how good it is as long as it was the Lord who sent it it will not fail so what should we do what should we do in the midst of this your storm what are the, the practical steps you should take Number 1, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, The thoughts that I think towards you are of good and not of evil to bring you to that expected end. What is that expected end? Let us go to the other side. In other words, have faith in the fact that God loves you too much to allow you to be taken apart by the devil. The Bible says in Isaiah 49, verse 15, it says, Can a mother forget her suckling child? It says, though they may forget, I will never forget you, for I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. In other words, every day I pick up my hands, I see you. God is telling you, friends, I see you. Do not be afraid. Though you can, because Job was saying, I turned to my left, I couldn't see you, I turned, to, I turned about, I perceived you not. Job could not feel God's presence. The fact that you cannot feel God does not mean that he's not there. Look, we do not walk by feelings. He says we walk by faith and not by sight. Continue to bring to remembrance what God told you 10 years ago, what he told you last year, what he told you in your prayer time. Even when everything does not look like it, it is God who is building this your multi-million dollar business, this your multi-billion dollar company. It is God who is building this your ministry. It is Jesus who is building and the gates of hell will not prevail. Look, God might even allow you to lose a battle so that you can win the war. Because a war consists of many battles. So you might think because you're losing the battle, you've, you've lost the war. No, that's not what it means. The Bible says in the book of Revelation 12, it says, For they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What's that word of testimony? The word God has given to you weeks ago, months ago. And if you don't have a word from the Lord, you can have it today. And you put it on your mouth. If you read the original Greek in the book of Revelation, it says they, they overcame him by testifying what the word has said that the blood of Jesus has done. So if you find yourself going back to that addiction, you say, God has delivered me. God has brought me out of his out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. If you find yourself struggling with finances, say, for God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Look, I know it does not make sense when you are saying when you are saying words of faith in the middle of a storm, but that is how we work as Christians. That is how we live. For the just shall live by his faith, not by impartation. Because they can lay hands on you today, you feel the glory of God. Two days later, the devil is waiting for you at the workplace. He's waiting for you at the marketplace. Where, whose hands are you going to be waiting for to, to be laid on you? If you don't walk by your, by your faith, nobody can walk by faith on your behalf. So, point one, remember that God loves you, regardless of what you have gone through. Regardless of how bad your past is, refuse to be bullied by the mistakes of your past. No, Jesus, I mean, the Holy Spirit was telling me yesterday, he says, no man drives forward by looking only at the rear mirror. Many of us are trying to go forward into destiny, but our eyes are still fixated on our past. The wife of Lot was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. They were going away into a place that God was going to save them into. 
a promised land, the land of Canaan that flows with milk and honey, but her eyes were still back on the riches of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's not her fault. It was because of because that is what she knew. And guess what? She was turned into a pillar of salt. In other words, salt is a preservative. Many of you are preserving your past when you should be forging ahead into your destiny. The disciples were still holding on to the boat. They were still preserving their skills, their knowledge, in order to get them through the storm, but it was still failing. This is the time for us to turn to Jesus. Point two, which leads to point two. The Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7 and verse 14. The book of 2 Chronicles, I'm rounding up. 2 Chronicles, chapter 7 and verse 14. It's a very common scripture that we read all the time. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. He said, If my people who are called by my name, guy, friends, you are called by the name of God. It says, it says, before you pray, it says, humble yourself. Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, it says, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for him. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due season he will lift you up. It is obvious, our pride is obvious to God because we do not pray. Because we do not consult him on matters that concern our destiny. We just feel like, oh, I have a few couple of million dollars in my account. Ah, ah, ah. All I need to do is hire a consultant that will solve this thing for me. Before you had that money, you were praying to God to direct you. Now the money has come. We are not saying you should not get a consultant. We are not saying you should not get professionals. But before you do, you ask God for direction. Just recently, a lady who was, who was in the hiring force of a company, she was like, you know, the part of the HR, you know, helping people to hire... They went to hire the wrong person into their company who was a cyber hacker and hacked the entire company and was using the company's accounts to get loans from banks. This happened this year. And because they checked the guy's LinkedIn, the LinkedIn was prim and proper. They checked his CV, everything. Everything. The guy answered the interview well, straight up. The guy was too good to be true. They, they brought him in. And in, in less than one month, in over each one year, less than one month, that guy began to mess their company up. And they did not even know he was the one. It was later they found out they caught him, they got him, EFCC and all these guys to arrange the guy. Apparently the guy was working with a group of other guys who were working on the outside. Our prayerlessness is a show of our pride. Our prayerlessness is a revelation of our pride. Finally, the book of Hosea, chapter 10 and verse 12. Hosea, chapter 10 and verse 12. That is how we end tonight's reading. The book of Hosea. It's also a common scripture. What I'm telling you is that, folks, we need to pray. Hosea 10, 12. It says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. 
Friends, it is time to seek the Lord. If the disciples had sought Jesus before they decided to take care of the storm on his behalf, they would not have been in that state. They would not have been petrified. They would not have been in that state of helplessness. Look, you have the greatest support structure in the cosmos, and that is Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it says, he, If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who? For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That God is silent does not mean that he's not there. That God is quiet does not mean that he's not involved. Oh, Nigeria is this. So many bad things are happening. Where is God? God is there. I have I've witnessed him, I have experienced him, and I'm still experiencing him. I have also had times in my own life where it looks like God was not there, but I knew to keep calling on God's name. I knew to keep reminding myself of the things he told me in the secret place. I remember when, when I was living in a small cubicle, in a, in a Shankolo, Kokolo apartment, in one place in Ife like that, and I was broke, I was so broke, that all I had left was sugar and water. And I was drinking, I wasn't fasting milk, by well. That was all, <laughs> that was all I had. Oh God, you're laughing. That was all I had. And I would drink it and say, God, you are too faithful. I know that you are providing my, for my needs. I know that you are providing for my needs. See, let me tell I will tell because I had to tell you the story so that you know that I'm not just saying theory, I'm giving you practical. I will be crying because my head was saying, Bolu, won't turn right. In other words, you are deceiving yourself. But my heart knew that that was the right thing to do, that that was the right response to that storm. I will be crying that, God, my mates, they are already doing this. They are here. They are married. They are done this. They are done that. Look at me in one room. No food. Nothing. All I'm asking for is three square meals. And I was crying. I remember when my mother had arthritis, she could not walk. My younger brother, I'm, I'm giving you real life situations so that you know that, look, it's not that we, I'm just coming here to just talk to you and, you know, to get you high. I'm giving you real, my mother had arthritis. She was, she was, she couldn't move. My brother, my younger brother, I mean, he's bigger than I am, so he could carry, he could carry my mom. He was bathing for my mother. Every day, my mother would be in tears. And then I came to the house. I we prayed for my mother and the Holy Spirit said, no, she needs to be, she needs to be reminded of the word. And so every night we will be rehearsing the word in our ears. We will be singing, we will be quoting scriptures. We will play messages. We will play messages through the night. She will sleep listening to messages, wake up listening to messages. Her spirit was charged. She was using 16 painkillers every day. Watu Mugalik. Belu Moringa. And every day she began to remove one pill from the 16 pills. She moved, and then she stopped taking all the pills. She stopped using her walking sticks. She stopped using her compression stockings. She stopped using everything. She could run, she could jump, she could do things. She began to lose weight. The word of God is all we have, oh, Christians. It's, the money in the bank cannot say a time will come that all the money in the world will not save us. That day is rapture. You cannot bribe your way to heaven. You can't even bribe your way into destiny. Heaven is still too far. It's still, it's still, I mean, it's still, it's still a distance. Life will come to test the knowledge of God in you. And you better be ready to respond. And so if you currently do not have the right response to the storm in your life, this is the time to seek the Lord. Break up your fallow ground. Spend Look, even if your, your, your spirit feels weak to pray, just begin to play messages. 
go to our telegram channel and just begin to play messages and look you don't even have to listen to me you you some of you you go to church listen to your own pastor's messages you rock air and you go and you're expecting you you listen to 20 minutes of sermon on sunday and a hundred hours of garbage during the week and you expect your spiritual life to remain the way it is how won't you be depressed To see, even if you are not actively listening to that sermon, just let it be playing in the background. It does something to the atmosphere of your mind that puts your mind at ease, even when everybody else is terrified. I submit to you that I have tasted of the word, and I know that that word is good. My family have tasted of the word, and they know that word is good. I have been sick before that it was the word that healed me. I think it's only Sister Esther that knows what I'm talking about. And maybe your Gadimeji. So sick that it was God's word who, that brought me out. Friends, the word of God on our lips is more potent than all the money we have in our our money cannot save us. Are you following what I'm saying here? Lift up your hands where you are and just begin to pray. And thank God for his good word that came at a timely moment. God cares about us. He is not going to let us perish. He's not going to let us. And let me tell you, the thing that, I mean, what the beautiful thing about trouble when you are in faith is that it builds perseverance. We have many Christians who are not persevering at all. We pray today, we expect to get it in five minutes. Like like God's, like God, like everything about God is a microwave that you just warm and then it comes out. No. God is more interested in the person you become when you get blessed than in the blessing itself. God is working perseverance. You know why? Because look, the devil, look, look, you can get wealthy today and lose everything tomorrow because you have not learned the power of persevering. Because if you do not go through the process to get it, you will not have the power to keep it. And the devil will come every day. He will not give up on you, seeking to steal from you, to kill you, to destroy everything that you have built. Friends, much more than ever before, as the Lord Jesus himself is coming the second time for his saints, this is the time we need to seek God the most. Look, we are wrestling against flesh and blood, not against Vladimir Putin. Not against, not against God. We are, we are not wrestling against, you know, Lebed. We, we are wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. You need to take your stand. Look, it doesn't matter if you, you only know how to pray 10 minutes. Don't worry, by next week you'll be able to pray 45. The following week you'll be able to pray 2 hours. You just start from somewhere. Now take this opportunity and just begin to bless the name of the Lord God. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Lord, we give you praise. Where is Amaya? Amaya, 
available on telegram if you'd like to give an offering just you know you can find our account number somewhere somehow you, you'll get it we're using someone's um, bank personal account number for now so you could you know sow a seed there or something also a very good news uh for those people who live in lagos eh, i'm having something called an open house so you could come over to my house on saturday by 1 p.m Yes, I think that's the time. By 1 p.m., I'll be teaching. We'll just be having a time of fellowship. There'll be refreshments. There'll be the word. There'll be praying. There'll be worship. So it's just going to be for an hour and 30 minutes. So just do well to come. If, if you want to know the address of my house, of course, for security reasons, I will not be putting it online. So just DM me. If you, if you cannot DM me, DM somebody that knows me. Or put send a DM on the Telegram group. On Telegram channel and I'll find you and I'll send you my address so you can come over. Alright, God bless you. See you same time, same station next week. And then we pray every weekday on our Telegram channel from 9 to 9.30. We help to build ourselves on our most holy faith. Hallelujah. God bless you. See you tomorrow on Telegram by 9pm. God bless you. Good night.